0: friends. This is the Be Real Babe podcast, a place where your average Canadian wolf pack come together to talk about life stresses, messes, and successes. Each week we will bring you new episodes sharing our experiences on a ton of different topics in hopes that we get a better understanding of ourselves, each other, and this crazy world we live in. We want to build a community where we can show up as ourselves, be real, and lay it all out there. By sharing our experiences, we hope to reach others who can relate so we can all help each other learn, grow, and heal. But please keep in mind, as a disclaimer, none of us here are professionals. No one is giving any advice. We are strictly speaking of our life experiences and for entertainment purposes only. Now, with that being said, it's time. So grab your drink, grab your joint, and let's jump right in. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the Be Real Babe podcast. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for stopping by the show today. We hope that you have a good time. And if you are a returning listener, Oh my gosh, you guys, we cannot thank you enough for listening to us, being here and supporting us. For those that don't know me, my name is Brandy and I am your host of this wild show. And today we're on episode 49 and we're going to be talking about Botox illness. Now, before we jump onto our guest and get talking and get really into it, I just want to make sure that this is viewed as educational purposes only, strictly bringing some awareness to one side of the story that doesn't seem to be voiced very much. Now, I want to make sure too that no one gets triggered by this. So, if this is an episode that you cannot listen to, totally understand. Fast forward to the next one. We're going to jump into some holidays, Christmas vlogging, having a little bit of fun around the holidays, and then we'll jump on to something new in the new year. So, without further ado, let's jump on to our guest. Okay, babe, so we're going to jump on to our guest of the show. Now, you guys, I am so excited to have this beauty on because as you guys know, it's been my 35th birthday this past weekend, and I'm all about embracing my natural self and being who I am. And this beautiful human came across my social media and I have just been so much more inspired to keep living my life the best that I can. So we're going to introduce my first and only guest of the show today. Gretch. Hey, babe, how's it going?
1: Hey, I'm well, thank you so much for having me. I have to thank you because I've done a few. Um, I've spoken to a few people now, but never a podcast before. So
0: this is really cool for me. I was and- so excited. I we just kind of stumbled upon this topic this month. And we started with breast implant illness. And I had followed you for a while. And I have looked at stuff, but it just never like clicked to me. Like it is just the same as not the same, but like, it was the same shift that I had when I found first found out about breast implant illness. And I was like, I need to know more. And then I just started diving into so much and I'm like, Oh, let's do this on a topic. And I know exactly the person that I want to reach out to. And then when you had said that, I was like, okay, cool. Now I can hook her into podcasting. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. And then, and you don't have to worry about the camera. You're just talking. It's so much easier. Yes. And this is the thing. And for both of us, cause we're always so busy and we're like gym rats. So we're always like disgusting when we ever get on. And I even, <laughs> we thought about doing like a YouTube at the same time. And so I'd be like, okay, I'll set up a camera just to see if I could behave online. And then I'll just watch myself. And I'm like, you know, let's just stick to the voices. Like, you know, it's, this is like radio. Sometimes it's just less to worry about. So you can be in your pajamas and not even brush your hair or anything. And it's great. <laughs> And I am in my pajamas. <laughs> yeah, it's so perfect, so you'd be cozy and no one knows. Oh, that's so amazing. So before we jump on talking about Botox and Botox illness today, since this is your first time on our show in our community, hopefully not the last, um, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Okay, so sure. Um, so my name is Gretch and uh, let's see, what can I tell you about myself without revealing too much, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little mystery is always good. I'm just kidding, okay. Um, So most people may be curious maybe about my background and why I do what I do or why I'm such an advocate for Botox injury sufferers and raising awareness about botulinum toxin. So I, let's see. So I've done a lot in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My formal education is actually in teaching. I'm a former high school human science teacher, and human sciences cover like a range of courses from food science, health and nutrition, child development, my favorite, human behavior, and those are just to name a few. Um, And then to those uh, of you who are listening out there who have teaching experience, because I'm sure there's lots. Um, you know that once you're a teacher, you have pretty much like committed yourself to being a lifelong learner and the two really go hand in hand. You can't teach and not always be like a researcher and continuing your education and learning because information is constantly changing, right? Yeah. And so <clears throat> that is one source of my mindset of why I do what I do. And then um, just to tell you kind of a little bit about the kind of person that I am, Um, I'm someone who uh, I thrive on thinking about things um, on a deeper level, like about Mm -hmm. the issues facing our world. I thrive on that. And so really ever since um, I was young, I've been specifically interested in public health. Uh, My dad actually was a scientist and he instilled in me a great value um, of investigating and searching for knowledge and information. And if you don't know something to collaborate or find somebody who does know, know the information. Hey, yes. And yeah. direct so, on the show. <laughs> yeah. So this is just how I am. So I, I just, I, I understand the value in people coming together and working with one another towards a common goal, because I feel so strongly that everyone's knowledge and life experiences are so important to learning and being able to understand the world around you. And so this is, this is how I taught my students. This is um, what I'm trying to instill in my children, which is hard. (laughs) Parenting is hard. I'll be the first to say that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. but if you've spent any length of time following the Never Talks page, you will often read or hear me say that every person's story matters. Now, I didn't come up with that, that term. It's, it's been used a lot. I think the last person I heard say it was actually Ryan Seacrest, who I love. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I'm just a tr- I'm, I'm a true believer in that. Every person's story matters. And so we are so shaped by our experiences, both good and bad, our families, our jobs, all of the things a person goes through. And so that is one of the key reasons behind Never Talks is that not only do I um, and a team want to raise awareness about botulinum toxin injury, but we also so deeply want to allow um, our support group members a place um, or a vehicle, a place to tell their story Mm -hmm. um, and to feel heard about the injuries that that they've had from the Botox products. So, so yes. Uh, One other thing I will add is that I also worked in the beauty, which is, this is very, uh, people don't, not everyone knows, knows this about me, but I did work in the beauty industry also for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And so I can tell you that what I'm doing now um, with our support group uh, outside of uh, being parenting has really been the most worthwhile and rewarding thing that I've ever done. I loved working in the beauty industry I loved teaching but this uh, particular path I'm on right now uh, has provided me with an opportunity to to meet an amazing group of women uh, who not only took me under their wings at the at a time when I I desperately um, was searching uh, for a support system and for information, um, but these women also have become my close friends. And so I, it just, it's so cool to me that I never thought, you know, a couple of years ago that my life path would take me to this place. And I'm truly grateful. And so the reason why I want to say that is I want to make sure that uh, I highlight that there are several other women out there who have been doing what I'm doing for a lot longer than me. And they are the kindest, most selfless women I have ever met and i feel lucky uh to have been asked on this team
0: oh i love that so much and that's so the so the beautiful thing about all of that is that's so aligned to exactly what we feel and why we started our podcast about like kind of being real and putting our vulnerabilities out there and experiences because you know obviously there's a lot to be said and like commend Everyone with all the professionals out there, but sometimes there's just something about human experience that kind of makes you connected to people on such a different level than, you know, necessarily talking to your doctor. I'm not saying go to them for health advice, but just when someone shares something, we've seen this on the show so many times that people have found out what's wrong with them or what's going on by others sharing their experiences and then they look deeper into it. Like, One girl, um, she was having issues with infertility and she wouldn't have never knew that at a younger age if someone hadn't mentioned this certain thing. Yes. She was like, oh my gosh, I went to the doctor right away and was like, could it be this? And it's not to shame anybody. It's just sometimes like you just feel close you and when you're vulnerable and that's why we brought want to bring experiences to the show because like you said it a hundred percent matters and we always back everyone in their experiences because it's your experience and that's Mm -hmm. important and it kind of shapes more of a picture I think we all kind of learn one day you know at first you're little and it's kind of this way or that way and then you kind of grow up and see the spectrum of life and you're like oh no but there could be so many different things and you just like you said you kind of become a thirst for knowledge and you can
1: Yes, you have
0: to just I don't know, for me, it's like I have to keep learning and, and opening my mind to more things. Because once you start, it's like, a, it's kind of oddly like an addiction, but like a, a positive one. <laughs> yes, no, it is exactly it becomes at least what
1: I'm doing feels kind of like a mission or mm-hmm. um, others I work with have described it sort of as a crusade or like crusaders, like, yeah, you know, and, and it's cool. It's, the the sense of camaraderie is I think what I I, I, I thrive on that. I love it. I think it's, yeah. it's, it's, just great. <laughs>
0: and it's leading and it's leading by your truth instead of following what any narrative is, or, you know, when it comes to any sort of like how you're sold that you need to be a certain way, right? It's kind of breaking away from that and getting more to like, what feels good for me, not what's good for everybody because there's not one cookie cutter life for everyone, right? And so right. I, just, I just love it when people are like, feel so powerful and owning their truth because for the longest time I didn't. And now that I am I'm being like, no, I, you know, this is how I feel and I'm okay with it. And it's okay if you don't like that, I'm just spreading these words. And if it's not yep. for you, that's okay, but it could be for someone and that's the person that I wanna help, right? Exactly, exactly. And, so and I,
1: you probably get asked all the time to like really sp- specifically, or I, I get asked often, like people want to know, like they ask me why exactly is it that you are doing this when you mm-hmm. haven't yourself suffered from this toxin or mm-hmm. you, know, mm-hmm. you, you, you weren't really in mm-hmm. that exact place. And my answer has always been the same. And it's that I, I have suffered in my life though. So I mm-hmm. haven't suffered in that way, particularly but i have suffered in my life and when i was suffering there were people that i was lucky to have in my life at that time that greatly helped me yeah. and so in so this is my way of of giving back because yeah. you know i was Stand helped before too, too. Yeah, yes, exactly.
0: And that was kind of like when me and Kayla started, um, and it's too bad we mm-hmm. couldn't have her on today, but she's very excited about this one as well. Um, that's kind of what I, when we started our friendship, we actually started online and then developed a podcast. And the reason why we did is because although we were going through very different, maybe situations, the core of what was happening was exactly the same. So it's like, yes. okay, how you grew up and I grew up were kind of different, but these were the exact same struggles that we had. And because we were so open in our communication and so vulnerable to each other about what we had mm-hmm. gone through, we were able to notice that it was a lot of the similarities, even though there were differences and we were able to inspire each other to, you know, take each other's experience and like use the tools that we've learned and apply it to our own lives, even if it's not the exact same topic. So for example, like, you know, breast implant illness versus, you know, I'm terrible at saying it, but the kind of more Botox area, like they might not be the exact same procedures, all that, but women are being silenced or not being heard or told that they're crazy Mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. So even though they might not be suffering the same symptoms, they're still in a way going to be able to relate because they're being treated the same or, you know, and, and so then it, you just come together and then you're like, Oh my God, it, it's not, a, it's such a weird thing to be like, Oh, it's empowering that there's numbers. Cause you don't want people to be going through it, but then you feel right. like you're less alone and less crazy for even questioning it. Not even have gotten it yourself kind of thing. Right. So exactly. Totally That's exactly it. A... And just some it's... people are
1: afraid to talk
0: and I'm not, <laughs>
1: Yeah, we, you, and, and I have found that that rings truer than ever, especially with, with watching Toxin injury, is that a lot of people don't want others to know that they are suffering from this because, you know, there is, um, Sometimes women are looked negatively upon mm-hmm. um, you know, doing doing these procedures and such. And so they feel like they can't share their story because they're gonna be viewed in a different way. Or there's just a multitude of reasons, but 100%. that's one
0: that fuels it for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why talking about it, and I'm sure you feel mm-hmm. the same way, spreading awareness, whatever it is, even if it's like, you know, none of this ever in our show is ever meant to, to necessarily like trigger people by any standards, but if it starts provoking thoughts and conversations sure. to start questioning, that's more what we want, right? Like if I never questioned stuff ever in my life. It was just like, ever. and then all of a sudden I started getting sick on things. And you know, I've had missed like uh, birth control. I've had blood clots, you know, I've had these crazy adverse reactions to medications. And so it's like, you know, now I question a lot of things before I go into it. And that was kind of where mm-hmm. I'm at with, where I was with Botox. Um, I know you can't see my face, but for the most part most <laughs> people usually tell me I'm a lot younger than I am. So uh, for myself, and we'll jump into the questions here in a second, uh, for me, it was just like someone at like 20, I was like 27, 28, and most people thought Like 21, 22. And Mm -hmm. this one girl was like, You should really get Botox. And I'm just one day, and I was just like, Never even thought about it really in my life. It wasn't really. And I was just like, Kind of looked at her and I was like, But people think I'm five, six younger than I already am. Like, and I'm not trying to be that way, but it was just kind of like a weird moment where I was like, Someone's telling me to do something. And I'm kind of like, "Mm, You don't get to tell me what to do. And that's where I kind of like was hesitant. And then I went into this Mm -hmm. supernatural part of my life where it's like, I can't put anything in my body, like questioning even like foods that I eat more than I ever would. Uh Um, Yeah. So that's kind of like, for me, I've never had it, but I definitely want to voice the other side. We're afraid to talk about it or even just have the conversations. And I, those conversations and learn more even for myself. So getting into that, yes, um, yeah. what, can you tell me a little bit more about Botox and yes. I'm terrible at saying botulinum, I'm sorry, terrible. Bot- botulinum. Yep. Toxin. Yes. Okay. Yes,
1: absolutely. Um, and before <laughs> I dive into the answers um, to that, I do have to make sure that listeners know that I am not a medical professional and I would never yes. claim to be right. Um, yes. My goal is just to pass along and be the messenger of information that I have learned um, and the information that I'm presenting today um, is verifiable. Um, If anyone has any questions after this and they want links, they want to read studies, like definitely reach out and I can certainly provide those. But the purpose of this is just to help. The intention is not to treat, cure, or diagnose this medical condition um, or adverse effects from from botulinum toxin. Your doctor ultimately has to be the one to do that. So I just want to get that out of the way. Of course. Yeah.
0: And do we do that too at the beginning? We're like, this is just for entertainment (laughs) purposes only. And just a little, I'm a little Canadian just speaking stuff (laughs) exactly exactly. but thank you it's always good to know but it's again some place to start it's this place to start looking and asking questions and we have someone that can put you in touch with the right people
1: perfect okay so let's talk about botox illness so um you
0: asked me what is botox
1: illness what is botox And so I'll start with Botox illness. And so this um, happens when a person either experiences an adverse systemic reaction, so like full body reaction, or symptoms uh, that are consistent with botulism. Now, um, I'll explain why botulism can happen in a second, um, but the way that this illness happens is that it is a result typically of the neurotoxin. Okay, Botox is a neurotoxin. which is called botulinum toxin A, Um, it is caused by the neurotoxin spreading outside of the intended area. So either it is leaking outside of the muscle or the toxin just simply because of what it is migrates. And there's a number of different modes and ways that this happens. And it could be different... It's on a you know could be different patient to patient, Mm -hmm. Um, and it only takes the smallest like the tiniest amount uh, brandy to make somebody very ill, and the illness that is caused out of this is varied. It's debilitating, um, and it can cause the user to have severe adverse side effects from anywhere uh, to five usually is kind of on the low end to sixty months. So it's a it's a long, um, oftentimes a long term illness. So let's talk a little bit about like what the science science definition of botox is so okay it's a neurotoxic protein and this is actually derived from a bacteria so the bacteria's name is cholestridium botulinum it's a gram positive bacteria it's one of seven neurotoxin types being that it's type a which is responsible for causing human botulism and so Oftentimes you're gonna hear Botox referred to as a neurotoxin. You might hear it referred to as an exotoxin. And basically, all this means or what this means is that it is when a bacteria causes disease in a host, okay, by secreting a toxic protein. And in this case, it's secreting botulinum toxin A. And it's these exotoxins that cause serious damage to the body, organs, and tissues. And so uh, Botox injections, so whether it be Botox, Dysport, Xeomin, or Jabot, those are the four um most most common FDA used drugs. There's another one called Myoblock, but that's mostly used for medical purposes. But the other four um, all contain uh, botulinum toxin A. So their ingredient lists do differ um, a little bit uh, from from one to another, but they all contain the active ingredient botulinum toxin A. So um, a lot of people want to know how then you know does this botulinum toxin A injections work when I when I inject it you know into my into my face. And so the way that it works is that it inhibits the release of a chief neurotransmitter and that neurotransmitter is called acetylcholine. And it's a chemical messenger that is released from your nerves. Okay. Your nerves in your muscles that actually tell your muscles to contract. And so when you inject this toxin into the muscle, what it does is it, it destroys the nerves. It renders them unable to perform that function and it causes paralysis to the muscle. And so movement then um, is restored to that muscle, or a person's face starts moving again, once the body goes through a regenerative process to actually sprout and grow new nerves. And then those new nerves can once again release that neurotransmitter. And so the reason why I like to point that out is because so often, you know, people, we are told, you know, that Botox is temporary, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to wear off, it's, it, it's not permanent. And yes, although that is true, a lot of people don't understand that what's actually happening in the body, they think it's just uh, more or less wearing off, mm-hmm. when the truth is, is that it's your body's actually growing new nerves. And so, you know, there's a damage there, and then a repair. And so yeah. I like, I like to point that out.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. So I'm just sitting here, I'm like, I, this is why we can't be on camera, because I'm just sitting here with both, like hands on my face, just zoned into the phone listening to you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love science. I just don't know much about it, but I love learning it. I learned it in French immersion, so um, trying to sometimes listen to uh, English is like okay, mm-hmm, yeah, I think I know what she's talking about. For all of this, though, do you have experience with this yourself, or do you know someone that has had this experience? Is that kind of what triggered you to it is. you know be such a voice for this community and we'll say, I guess, movements for lack of better word?
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly it. So yeah, so. The way the way that it went like this, and I'll just give you the full pie because it's kind of a long story. But I'll, uh, yeah. I feel like it has to go from the beginning to the end to really to really understand. So it was yes. it wasn't me, um, it was my sister. Actually, we're two years apart. She received Botox um, in her forehead, elevens, uh, and so she had been considering this for quite some time. She it was on her radar for sure, um, but she was out and about with a friend. They had had lunch, and her friend actually had an appointment to get hers done, and you know, she said, Hey, why don't, why don't you just go ahead and get it? We, we, let's get it together. We'll, we'll do it together. And so, <clears throat> um, she just decided kind of on a whim or on, just kind of on at that day on that, at that time, like, yeah, I'll just go ahead and get it. So she went with her friend to get the injections and she got, um, several units in her global, I can, that's a word I can never say, glabellar, <laughs> um, or we know them as the forehead 11s. And so, yeah. um, I would like to point out (laughs) that when she told me that she got the injections, I was actually super surprised because I, um, I never thought that she would get them on a whim like that. Um, You know, I'm losing my voice all of a sudden. <clears throat> we had talked about, we had talked about um, when we were going to do it, that maybe we were going to do it together. So there was this little part of me that's like, oh my gosh, you didn't tell me. You know, I was a little bit disappointed yeah. um, and frustrated with her. Uh, so we'll just fast forward to a couple days afterwards. And she sent me a car selfie saying, basically, guess what I did? And so that's kind of how it all went down. And in that moment, I will say that when I saw her photo, I... I thought she looked incredible. I could already see that the product was starting to take effect. She seemed so happy. And she, I think she was just feeling like this, this sense of like, oh my gosh, there's like, there's like a treatment. Like there is Mm -hmm. something I can do to make me feel more confident. Right. And I, I read all of those things in that car selfie that she sent me. And there was this part of me that was so so like oh a little bit envious because I myself because I'm just I'm different than she is I'm much more cautious of a person I could never just on a whim you know get the injections like I would have to um to talk to the doctor's office first and I'd have to have a consult and I would follow all these things for myself to make to make sure that I felt comfortable with it I wouldn't just do it like that so it was kind of funny um and so um I'll just tell you kind of like how her side effects started how about that yeah that's perfect. So, so starting day three, um, she started to experience some ne- neck stiffness, head pressure, and some numbness um, or tingling. Well, she sort of describes it as numbness, but other times she said it was more like um, sort of a tingling or an inability to use her jaw. Um, oh, yeah. And then oh, it God. kind of got worse, and she had trouble uh, like getting her words out. And then after a little bit after that is now what I know now that we would describe as being sort of an acute poisoning stage or when the botulinum toxin poisoning began. And so um, these now I know are all actual clinical signs of botulism. So she was having um, pretty significant adverse side effects starting on day three. Um, But it presented itself um, as a cold sensation that actually ran down the side of her face that she felt in her head. And then that's when all the other side effects happened with the trouble swallowing and the joss sensations um she had some throat um squeezing and like sensations in her throat that she couldn't um, breathe very well and then at the same time her heart rate was rushing and she had a crushing feeling in her chest and so she sat down on the bathroom floor um, she had tried to call me. I remember seeing her call come through. I had my, my, I had an infant at the time and I was unable to answer the call. I didn't know that anything was wrong, of course. And I was oh, I'll call her back or whatever. Yeah. But um, she was trying to get me to come over to help her. So she ended up calling my mom because when she stood up, she uh, experienced tunnel vision. And so she was in a complete panic and she had made the assumption that she was having a heart attack, um, which I think any woman would would assume. I mean, I know that's where my mind would go if I was those those kind of things right away. So my mom drove over uh, to get to pick her up and took her back to Well, she said, Mom, I got. Botox. <laughs> and of course, my mom, I will state that my mom has never used cosmetic procedure and in injections of any kind. Yeah. Um, and so my mom, you know, said, well, that wasn't, that wasn't very smart. Right. Like, why'd you do that? That was yeah. like, I mean, you're it beautiful. didn't come out as nice as that. Yeah, that was you're yeah. crazy. Yeah. Let's take you back. Let's take you back to the doctor and see what they have to say. Right. Yeah. So she took her back to the doctor and the prescribing physician uh, was concerned. Uh, Had said that he had never seen anything like this before Um, he prescribed her with a um, a a relaxant a Mm benzodiazepine known as Xanax and he stated to her that, in his opinion, this was a normal was normal for the most part her heart racing and such, and the anxiety part of it was normal. Um, so that if she used the Xanax, um, her heart and stuff would still probably race, but, um, she wouldn't care that it was racing anymore. And then she would, she would get better. She would get better. Yeah. So interesting. So so that's kind of, um, the reply that she got from the doctor and my mom, you know, of course, very, um, was very hesitant to fulfill that prescription for my sister. She didn't like the idea of it, but, you know, did anyway. Um, so that, so that Heidi could help her, her heart rate. Yeah. Um, So that happened. um, And then, and then of course, later that afternoon, I learned what had happened and I was very concerned. And of course, right away, I was like, what have you done different? Oh yes, you got the Botox. Like this has got to be the Botox, you know? And she replied that the doctor, you know, said that this was normal and he didn't think this was really exactly from the Botox. So um, over the next few days, uh, her symptoms intensified, they, they were not getting better. And so she had an ER visit. Um, and this time, it was because she felt like she was having stroke-like symptoms.
0: Oh, my God! And yeah. so
1: that's kind of the acute stage of the onset of the most severe symptoms. But then we'll just kind of skip ahead over the next few months. Um, and I'm just giving you her full story because I yes. want to paint a picture for the listeners out there of what an immediate reaction was like. Yeah, And of course, um, if you're a member of our larger support group, you know, these are the kinds of stories that come in, you know, multiple times during, during the day. And it's just, it it never ceases to amaze me the similarities and what I read from new members to, to what my sister had experienced. I like it never, I, it never gets old. I'm always surprised like this, the similarities are it's, it's crazy
0: to me. Um, so people telling them that they're not going through it and you're like, okay, but
1: (laughs) yes, 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 exactly. (laughs) So the first nine months um, of this particular illness, uh, she was definitely at her worst. And it was what I would say, it seemed to me like she was sort of stuck in this constant state of anxiety that she Mm -hmm. just um, could not get out of this anxiety to the point where she was uncomfortable leaving the house um she wanted someone always there to help with the kids uh she just didn't want to be alone because she was like running it was like her body was running fast if that makes sense in addition to she had a racing heart rate throughout the day that was constant um she could not relax she could not sit still but yet when she would try to get up and do things you know she felt like her her body wasn't working right like Mm -hmm. her legs didn't it was like her mind couldn't tell her legs what her legs were supposed to do to walk down the stairs you know to go do laundry or something like and like head was just Probably. Heavy. Exactly. They were very yeah. heavy. <clears throat> and she described it as being almost paralytic. Yeah, um, okay. And then, wow. of course, um, her appetite was super affected. She she couldn't eat anything. She lost an extreme amount of weight. Her personality was completely different. So uh, my sister, it was a very high functioning, uh, very positive uh professional who uh, has carried high level positions, you know, in, in marketing and in national level positions. And so, and she is a public speaker. And so to see her in this state for me was extremely concerning. I, in fact, I didn't know what to make of it because I had never, I had never seen this before to go from being the kind of person that she was to being a person in such a short period of time that had trouble functioning.
0: Yeah. It, it was,
1: it was, she was completely different.
0: Lots of and red flags. So,
1: there were so many red flags. And so this is of course, you know, on the side, I, I, at the risk of upsetting her or saying anything that would um, cause her more anxiety. I tried to keep my research, um, what I was doing on the side, researching Mm -hmm. the Botox stuff kind of under wraps. I wasn't sharing the information with her because I um, was concerned that it could make her worse. Um, so I remember one time, actually, when I was over there, where I was like, I, I have got to share this, like, I, I came across something. Oh, yes, I came across an online group, um, where it was the first thing that we had ever found, or I had ever found, um, that had other members or other people talking about side effects to Botox. And I didn't know at the time that she had, she had already found that, but I thought I was the first to find it. I wasn't. Um, <laughs> Don't <laughs> so you I'm love it? like, over. I found it. Right. I found it. Exactly. So I had gone over there to tell her about this and I had, you know, had my son and he was just a little baby and she was even afraid to hold uh, my son because she thought she was going to drop him. Her arms just weren't strong enough. And so it was, I remember that day as being, it was like kind of a bittersweet day. It was like, we, we don't feel as alone anymore. I told her all about what I had found and she had already known about it and then told me more about what she had found. But yet, you know, she couldn't hold the baby. It was, it was kind of a weird day. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, naturally, as we started to share this information with our parents, um, and my dad being a scientist, um, he felt really strongly. Uh, my dad's a biologist, okay? And he knows all about, by the way, botulinum toxin. He studied it, being a biologist, knew, knew how dangerous it was. Also, I, I will say he had told us, Many years ago, that we were never to use Botox, but we never really listened to our parents. Right? Damn it, Dad! So we don't. We don't listen to the parents ever. ever. Um, <laughs> Not until we're going so, through it. <laughs> exactly, and then all of a sudden we're all ears. But yeah. he uh, requested that she go to an internal medicine doctor, and he really wanted her to start some testing because although he was well aware of the damage that neurotoxins can cause in the body. Um, he needed proofs right scientists need proofs so let's do some testing and i think he was also yeah testing is always good he was also i think concerned that it was something else that it was something very very dangerous and you know my parents were were throwing all kinds of things out there privately you know to me and, and my husband and such and her husband too um big concerns. Like I'm sure you can imagine the concerns we, we had. Of course. Um, so she had went through some testing to try to figure out was what was wrong. And this went on for a number of months. And at this time, her condition, her condition continued to decline. And so there was so many tests that were done and literally every single test was negative, negative, uh-huh. negative, negative. And so finally one test had come back positive that her thyroid, um, was not, operating properly. She was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Okay. And then she also got a positive um, test for a, um, a, maybe it was dormant or she picked it up new. We won't be sure um, for CMV, which is a common viral type infection. Ugh. And so she was having those two things going on. And, and I mean, I believe now that it was caused, those conditions were caused by the toxin poisoning, mm-hmm. um, but she never, of course, had a positive test for botulinum toxin poisoning. And, and I know now that there's not a test that's readily available, you know, to, to do that. So, um, but the more yeah. tests that came back, the more suspicious I got, the more suspicious my dad got. Um, We were sure it was a botulinum toxin. And then with having this handful of stories from people online, we were starting to connect the dots. Um, And so it was really, I think for me, just kind of like once I started to dive into the information and I started to now find studies supporting the information and then encountering people who this had happened to, I couldn't uh, um, any longer like unsee the information, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You see it everywhere. And and you're like, oh,
0: what? what about this? You're
1: like, this is it. This is it. And so the first confirmation, um, that her illness was in fact, from the Botox was when we then, um, came across another group online, which was a Facebook group. And I can't believe that, um, I hadn't found this until later, but it was the Facebook group that you hear me talk about often Mm -hmm. called Botox Dysport Side Effects. And that was There was so many more people. Now we're not just looking at a handful of people. There was thousands of people, right? Yeah. And so I became very active in that group. And I think it was a year or so, I guess it would have been a year or so after I joined uh, that group that their admin team reached out to me and they asked me to join the team uh, because I had been sharing with them um, quite a bit of research and information that both my dad and myself were finding. And they were like, hey, uh, you're really interested in this. Would you consider joining our team? And so that's kind of the whole story as to how I got involved directly with working with Botox illness uh, sufferers.
0: Well, yeah, because it's your heart. It's your sister, right? And Mm -hmm. already being someone that was already skeptical to begin with. And then you're seeing something in real life. And like you said, every time that every negative test that came back that was... You know because sometimes if you can't test for something, then isn't the idea to test for everything to like eliminate something off the table, right? So it's like, right, you want to test for cancer, or like she said, you had like thyroid issue, you know, you're trying to test all these things, and eventually, when you're just getting nose, 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 it's just pointing you closer and closer to your original thought, even though most people would be like, no, that's not it, and you're like, okay, but there's so yes. much directing to that. Like, why can't we, like, how do we, how do we test for that? How do we look at that? And the fact that that is a procedure that's given and there isn't something that tests for the adverse reaction of that is kind of wild to me. Is that normal? It is. It is. Um, well,
1: I don't think it should be normal. Yeah. I I, don't know. <laughs> I can say that, uh, you know, I feel that's weird. And, well, we, we have learned, we have recently learned that that there is a test that can confirm um, botulism poisoning, but it's not readily available. And we learned this at the Botulinum Toxin Symposium this year that we our group was invited to. We were invited, um, and it's an annual symposium uh, where many drug manufacturers meet, and key um, researchers and scientists um, that were involved in the approvals of this product meet, and that, you know they discuss things. Um, that there that there is a need for a readily available test um, but they are proceeding with caution and it sounds like it's a type of stool um, sampling type test uh, but I can say confidently as of now I, I don't know that it is available for co- especially cosmetic use uh, they probably use it however uh, for natural occurrence of botulism so if people were to eat um, botulism you know a canned, a contaminated canned good or a food um, uh-huh. they would maybe use You know, because the biggest issue with that is, when you eat a botulinum toxin, you're exposed to a far greater amount than you are um, being injected with, and the the likelihood of it being fatal is very high.
0: Yeah. So it probably hits a lot of organs on its way down and through your digestive system that way too.
1: Yes, and so so I think I I, and I don't know for sure that it's being used for that purpose, but. Mm we have learned that there is a test. The only other thing we know of is is what's called a a mouse assay test, which is based out of a lab in Poland. Now we're not in Poland. We're nowhere near Poland. We'll <laughs> but just the, fly there. there. No big. Yeah, we'll just fly there, and the yeah. draw has to be taken within. It's just a very short period of time, which is just a couple days of, you know, of uh, onset uh, uh, after injections. Actually, in order for it to be accurate, because when you're receiving botulinum toxin injections, you're receiving such a small amount. We're talking nanograms. I mean, this is an extremely tiny, tiny measurement. It's you know, in, in the that's how lethal this toxin is by the way that we have to dose it you know in nanograms um and so it's, it's virtually undetectable in, in the blood yeah um, wow. and if it is it's just for a very very short period of time
0: and that's wild too because most of the um which we'll get into next then but the adverse reactions like if it's going to be like days or months down the road like then that's mm-hmm. kind of an it's great that it's there but i mean most people won't even click into that by the time that happens for that kind of test um so that you uh it was amazing that you shared your sister's story thank you so much is there um is there more side effects that other people have felt from this illness that your sister didn't experience and can you share those with us for maybe some people being like oh okay well I didn't suffer from that but same with breast implant illness there was like 50 something side effects and it's like oh yeah oh okay I'm assuming it's going to be kind of the same that there's a kind of a broad spectrum um because people are so unique
1: yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, there's hundreds uh, and hund- hundreds of possible side effects that have been reported to regu- regulating bodies. Okay. And we usually talk about the top 50. Um, they are varied and many of them are debilitating. And so uh, sufferers experience this illness or poisoning um, on a spectrum for sure. And mm-hmm. healing, I should point out too, also takes place on a spectrum. And so Uh, Most often when someone has like many of the clinical signs of botulism, okay, like especially the ones that are printed in like the warning label for the product, we would say that they have itrogenic, meaning acquired botulism poisoning, or we often call that IBP. And um, those are kind of the common ones I've already talked about. But sometimes we do have a user that displays a different sort of reaction, and it is more of like... An all over systemic adverse body reaction, mm-hmm. um, that oftentimes causes an immune response. And so their immune systems go completely haywire and they may become hyperreactive to like everything. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's, we think it's because, um, the body is so busy processing through this toxin that it starts to view everything, whether it be foods or supplements, or even things you know you put on your body as an invader and so that's why it oftentimes affects what people can eat or drink and they can't simply do this the same things that they once did you know with with foods yeah um, and your body's and so, like you
0: said, your body's so focused on whatever the heck's going on focus. there it kind of forgets exactly. about the rest of your body right
1: Exactly, and then of course there's allergic anaphylaxis Mm -hmm. type responses where people have um, all the signs of anaphylaxis and those are usually treated with like dose uh, rounds of steroids and things to to control that. but to talk a little bit more about, you know, the common side effects are usually like anxiety, um, heart racing. Um, I did a video on IGTV that talked about long-term side effects. A lot of those long-term side effects are the ones that happen in the beginning to being the most common. Mm-hmm. And so um, a lot oftentimes a user will have sensitivity to light and sounds. They may have uh, like Processing, information processing problems where they're not able to interpret information like they once could. Um, This can manifest in not being able to talk as well as you once could. Uh, Headaches are really common. Uh, there's there's over 400 listed side effects, and what's you know it's a lot. What's <laughs> what's cool about the the regulating system, the F, the FDA site in particular, is that you can actually go through all of those side effects and you can see the incidence rate of them, so the actual percentages. Okay. And that I've always I, I think that that's really fascinating. So for anyone out there who thinks they may be suffering, you know, from these injections, I would encourage you to go to your regulatory body, or or you can always visit the FDA that you. Know, United States one um and and look at those side effects to to see if to help you connect the dots to see if it's yeah. lighting up
0: yeah. yeah and sometimes like you said and I know for my girlfriend that was on in the last show about her breast implants um she had to go to Costa Rica to get them removed because uh three four years ago it wasn't as talked about and no doctor was listening to her and she literally oh. had to fly to a different country and spend weeks there recovering just you know it's just wild <laughs>
1: it <laughs> is, it was is. And I think the, the the key thing I I just want to to mention one more time because we see it so so frequently, is this um, development of anxiety, mm-hmm. and you know that includes the heart racing and the panic attacks, and this is happening often in people who have never had anxiety before. So mm-hmm. it is is so. Um, it's so characteristic of this illness, and it is so concerning, especially for people who have never had anxiety before. And we believe this is happening because the neurotransmitters um, are damaged in the brain by this toxin. And this happens because oftentimes the toxin can, um, you know, cross the blood brain barrier via the central nervous system. And when this toxin was first approved, it was actually thought that it could not Across the BBB. Mm-hmm. And since then, studies, and I've pointed these studies out, you know, in slides on Instagram, and I can give these studies to anybody that wants to read them. But we have seen now um, that that's simply not the case, that it actually can cross the BBB. And it's precisely the reason why, you know, they're seeking approvals uh, to use the product for, uh, for depression or other, you know, um, uh, conditions that cause you know brain brain problems and so it's just it's just fascinating fascinating to me it's, but also you know it's, it's a huge concern it should be a huge yeah. concern to anyone that you know this is a possibility that that
0: this could happen to me yeah um, and, and aware of the risks right I think so many people is. like one wild thing too not to go back to the other one but my girlfriend um when she after she got a breast implant they offered her a shot of Botox as she was walking out the door I think it was like it's called the I think I'm terrible at saying it. Allergant, allergen allergen uh-huh um, yes. And so just when I was before I came on, I was trying to research this stuff. I came across a podcast from the States that was talking to this one lawyer that he had like hundreds of cases against that company specifically, um, even for kids that have medically taken it that have suffered massively. And my mind was just blown. I was like, and the same people after they just put implants in that she had to, in the end, spend $32 to get them to $32,000 to get them in and out. Is just like, hey, you're not even healed from your surgery, but here's some more toxins in your face. Right, no, just so out of touch to me. Like, I don't know, it's just wild. Well, you know, we we can't trade one toxin
1: for another. No, (laughs) and that's kind of what I say. It's like, well, but wait a second. Here we have now. You know, we're we're removing the implants, but still willing to use the Botox
0: toxin. And, and that is, it's a conundrum. It, it, it doesn't yeah. make sense to me. <laughs> no, I know. Right. So it's just like, and it's just, it's just knowing, and it's like in those moments, not once did anybody, you know, do like when, when a side topic here, when, when women are getting these injections and, you know, you hear about these warning signs, how are they being told? And not even women, men, anyone, how are they being told? Like, do they get to see the pamphlet that comes with the, the things? Or are they just like, Hey, here, sign this. There is some potentials. Yeah. But it, 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 it varies. It really varies.
1: So some people receive nothing. They yeah. may receive a little verbal verbal. My sister um, was given a paper to sign. And as she was starting to read it, the nurse stated, oh, nobody ever reads that. If you read that, you'll never get it. You know, kind of just dumbed it down a little bit. And then I think you know, she just signed on the dotted line. Um, others will provide consultations. But we hear frequently that they're saying, uh, you know, uh, they say the worst thing that can ever happen is you may get a little flu-like symptoms or you may get a headache. You know, they're not really diving into what the actual warning label states and says. It's it's not it's great. Not- it's not, it's not enough. It's not enough for sure. And, and, and really that's, you know, that's why we think that our page is really necessary because Mm -hmm. we want to provide people with that information to kind of bridge that gap between what they're getting from their provider, you know, and what they should be getting. And just to really, because really what this should all be about in my mind is about patient safety and informed and informed consent. Like we have to know, you know, what the risks are involved so that we can make a informed decision for ourselves and for our Health. And many people that I talked to feel they were not adequately warned. And had they have known the information, they feel pretty strongly
0: that they want to have, have used the product. Yeah. And that's the exact same thing we hear kind of through all the themes that we talk about when we do this, that if they if people had known, you know, that this is mm-hmm. what was gonna happen, that they would have at least questioned it a little bit more or maybe, you know, dived into it a little bit more. And I just it makes me sad because then in a sense, and I'm not sure if you feel this way, but in a sense, it always, it feels like people are taking then in that it's just about making money and they're taking someone's insecurities and making a ton of money and then potentially putting a lot more money in another industry's pocket because this person's now going to be injured potentially for a long time. And it just <laughs> seems it's like revolving money grab, but it's like people's health and safety and concerns and actually making them feel better about themselves is no, like, that's not the goal anymore. It's just about money and it, it, and it makes me so sad in that sense. It doesn't it doesn't seem like it's the goal.
1: And yeah. I like you have vocalized that. And it's not an easy thing to vocalize. No. And it there are a lot of people that it angers, you know, when mm-hmm. when we vocalize this, but no. I have a hard time. I, I believe what you say. I believe that exactly that that's true. It's a very um, profit over people driven industry, and and I, I can't say every single medical nope. professional that injects this toxin
0: is like that, Agreed. but um, many many are, yeah. and it's it's not right. I no, and maybe maybe they're unaware of it, and that, and that's totally fine. Like I I'm also in the belief that I think a lot of people you know are thinking correct. I you right that these procedures are helping women because you hear that oh, thank you so much. And you read all the comments on social media and it's like all these things, you just get inundated with it. And so, which is great. Honestly, if that's truly what makes you feel good, but I'm the person of like, when I was little, I had earrings and it grew over right away. Or like I said, I had issues with birth control, giving me blood clots or um, just like literally going like completely psychotic on anxiety meds, which was supposed to be, you know what I mean? So for me, it's kind of Mm -hmm. like, I'm a little bit more hesitant to these things. And but in the same sense, I've been in this position where I'm like, I have had wrinkles, and you know, I do think about it. And then parts of me are like, maybe three, four, or five years ago, I wouldn't have been so thought, and I would have just gone in on my insecurity of, you know, kind of holding my my youth or whatever. And I would have been that type of person that, you know, there's this one girl that I came across online, and her half of her face was like it's kind of like a Bell's palsy type situation, mm-hmm. or half of her yes. face or one's eyebrow was so yeah, it was up so high. Yes, so that's damaged. a common yeah that, that's to, I'm, not
1: a, I, I'm sorry I'm saying it's common I meant to say that's not a very common reaction but it is really indicative that something's yeah. not right right and she
0: she can't yes. I get it but she kept going in to get the other side to kind of balance at the same time where it's like I understand but I think at that point I'd be like no I need to just let my body like chill for a minute because obviously it doesn't like whatever's going on maybe it was the injector I'm not sure but I think it kind of makes me nervous. And and for me, if it's you're going to go do it, same with tattoo artists and all that, those kind of things, like really researching if you're going to do it, who because I've heard and I, maybe this is different all over the world that there is like some people that can just kind of get like a weekend course. Um, I'm sure you have to have some sort of training before that, but I just feel like this is such a bigger thing than just like a weekend course. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. And well, it's the thing is, is that it's not as regulated as I feel that it should be. Yeah. And, you know, and, and yes, we, my understanding um, for a provider to be able to use the product is the same. And if you have a medical degree or you're already a medical professional, then you can you know, sign up with a, a provider or manufacturer for the product and then take a very small amount of coursework whether it be like a weekend training or an online introductory course and you can start to administer Botox um pretty much within just a few short days like even a couple days and so that to me is mind-boggling like I I I cannot wrap my head around why there is such a lack of 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 training Mm -hmm. um and so yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's a it's a huge it's a huge issue. And and in some countries, um, it's even more unre- unregulated than it is here. It's it's pretty much just the wild, wild west. I no, mean my it's goodness. you know, and there's there's other kind of thought you mentioned about your friend getting more you know top up and things and there's there's other issues just surrounding technique and what injectors are doing out there Mm -hmm. that really um, are concerning to me and one of them is that i am seeing especially um, all over instagram and TikTok and you name it that many injectors uh feel that because of their license that they are given the power to inject wherever and however much they want and what this is, this is, this is, in my opinion, uh, misuse of, of the product. This yeah. is called off-label use. And uh, the way that, of course, I see it is that no product with a black box warning, okay, in the black box warning, what that is, is that's the strictest warning that a product can carry in the United States um, that's given by the FDA saying, and breast implants, as you know, now have this too, Yep. Um, saying God. that it can cause death and or severe disability that it needs to be administered by a licensed provider. um, And in my opinion, should have extensive training and that's where we're failing. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, to go back to this whole off label issue is that uh, many injectors are going outside of the scope or outside of the prescription. And what that means is that Botox is only um, approved for three areas on the face actually which are all in the upper half of the face so it's the i'll say it slowly glabellar lines <laughs> the lateral cancel lines and the forehead lines and this you know it's relatively small amounts it's like 20 units 24 units or combo of like 40 units of the two places combined and so anything that would go above that dose in units um, is considered off-label but then We have this whole other problem, which is where, you know, they are now injecting in many other areas on the lower half of the face. So they're doing the bunny lines and the Botox lip flip and then the jaw reduction, the masseter jaw reduction. And now we're seeing it being used for chin pebbles and neck bands. And there's just so many uses that it hasn't even been approved for. We haven't even readily studied this But yet the warning label says very strictly that using it in this way can cause death or severe disability. But yet it's it's still being done,
0: and so I I can't wrap my head around that.
1: I can't either.
0: I just and it's so funny. So I didn't know what my wrinkles on my nose were called until like maybe like a year ago. And it's just so funny when you just notice stuff about your face, but you don't really realize like, there's like, there's like a a title to it, or there's like a trend of trying to get rid of it. And you're like, Oh, shit, really? And I was like, I thought that's just what my face looks like when I smile and I laugh. Is that not, you know, whatever to each their (laughs) own, but it's just so funny. Like, there's that like spot under your butt. I think it's called like banana hammock or something like that. (laughs) I giggle every time in the, in the fitness industry, people are like, Oh, get rid of your banana hammock. I'm like, it doesn't quite work that way and like there's healthy unnatural alternatives to you know work with your body or even just you know inside working in and in, um mentally uh, appreciating your body for what it is it's very hard in this day and age it is hard it's uh, and
1: it's a it's a it's a choice and a struggle yes. it can be a struggle every day but yeah. it's also a choice to accept every day
0: yeah. right yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and we're just it's uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's where me and you are very that voice for those that want and you know like if they if anybody can do whatever they want I'm fine but it's just like I always wonder too like do people look at me and go oh my god she's got so many wrinkles like not that I give a shit because I don't but you know mm-hmm. what I mean that's and I'm like well I don't really care like does it really affect anything in my life of course am I gonna admit that I would love to like you know work with them someday but at the end of the day sometimes I'm like so busy into whatever I'm doing it my productivity for the day or the human I am really didn't make any difference during the day that mm-hmm. I had them You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Well, you know, and what I always tell people too, is that the people who love you, like your inner circle, guess what? I can say this very confidently and you'll agree. They love you and they love your wrinkles they they love that about you that's what makes you you (laughs) that's what they know and have come to love about you are your facial expressions and then let's just think about why do we have our facial expressions well it's because of the experiences that we have the happiest and the saddest times and so when we are you know masking those with anti-wrinkle procedures in a way I believe we are taking away a small part of ourselves and that, and that makes me sad yeah. because I think the, I, I, well, I already described earlier how important I feel it's people's experiences are to, to shaping their life and, 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 and being a part of a community and yeah. creating camaraderie, all those yeah. things. So, yeah, and yeah, so I, I'll say it over and over again. Wrinkles are cool. I think they're beautiful and nothing makes me happier than to see women aging naturally and gracefully. Yeah, And there are several,
0: um, Public figures who are vocalizing their choice to do that, and I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> yeah, and so it's very different. It's so nice, and like, so for me, I've been a photographer passionately, kind of on the side for ten years. I had my own business, and um, even when it came to like photography, kind of have to back out of it right now a little bit. Um, but for me, I was always very natural. Like, you know, if You always want to look your best and lighting plays a key. But for the most part, I always found it was just so natural when you gave, back, so exciting when you give them back their photos, especially boudoir, and you know that you didn't edit their faces at all. You just, you know, good lighting and them and the energy and everything. And they're just falling in love with who they are. And I just think that's another place where a lot of people don't realize that videos and photos can be very much photoshopped to remove those wrinkles and if a person on social media influencer celebrity any of those people don't want you to see their photos with any wrinkles you won't like exactly i I read a thing where it's like i think it was kim kardashian literally pays paparazzi to follow her so that all the paparazzi pictures are approved by her so that no one actually knows what she looks like in real life and it's very rare to see like an actual unphotoshopped picture of her um and i think that's just perpetuating a completely unrealistic, um, ex- not expectation, because whatever, you can be who you want to be, but just that, that that's what, you know, that that's what people just look like all the time. And, and it's so not true. And it's so damaging. <laughs> it,
1: I believe it's so damaging, too. And just, uh, you know, that the whole way it's being mar- and how it's being marketed as mm-hmm. being normal, right. And it's, it's you know, by public figures, and, and, and celebrities and things like, to the point where you know people are willing to trade you know possibly their health you know to look a certain way and and that that's a problem like there some some days I just have to turn off my brain because it, it, it is very upsetting to me as well and there's a There's a hashtag that sometimes, you know, I I look at called Botox memes. And this is where I see a lot of this sort of like marketing of the um, industry to grab people and to make them feel like they aren't going to be happy or they're not going to have as great of a life. Um, And these are all people usually who have a
0: vested interest in the. Yeah. Yeah. That's making money from them. (laughs) And that's that's my biggest scare, too. It's like keep it. We're making money off of people's insecurities and um, and maybe it's not, maybe it is it is pumping everyone up. I'm not to, everyone to each their own for sure, but you know, it for does sure. get a little bit scary. People are making tons of money off of it. And like you said, it's not permanent. So then it's a revolving door every how much, I mean, no, people can go every couple months and people go every six months, some people go once every couple of years, but it's still a revolving industry where you're still getting money. And it's another, like, if you don't have this, you're not cool, you're not pretty. And it's like, I am so done with that. I don't care. I am too. Well, at some point it has to
1: stop because the issue is that it's, it's people's mental health is at stake and, yeah. and also patient safety. And, and, and if we don't change this, you know, this, this whole, this whole negative view of what really, what is it? It's ageism, right? Like, yes. I have to tell you, I, I watched an incredible IGTV um, that Sharon Louise, she's on, on our list. She um, does a, a IGTV. TV show called Gen Zoomers. She would be a great one for you to have on here, by the way. Um, She interviewed an amazing professor, um, university professor, who has gone deep into the stigma of aging. And her name is Dr. Pendry. And her IGTV, where she describes the coursework that she's put together um, for her students at the college level on ageism is incredibly eye-opening. And it really helped me to see that um, although never talks didn't really start out this way, but it's kind of morphing into this, that there is a much bigger worldwide picture here that that's happening. And, and that I, I feel good helping women feel like they are allowed or people, men and women that yeah. they are allowed
0: to age. Right. That yeah. is, that it's beautiful. <laughs> it is. And that's like, I guess as I was like getting older too, and I remember looking up at my mom and she'd be like, Oh, I'm so old. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're like 35 you You're And now I'm like 35. I'm like, oh, I understand can relate now mom just kidding but (laughs) (laughs) you know you get to like I think you're just so busy uh, growing and you're younger that yeah of course you think about that because you're a teenager and you're angsty and whatever but then in your 20s you know it's kind of important I think when by the time I got to 30 I was just like I care so much more about healing what's inside of me what kind of person I'm going to be in the world how I'm going to show up in my myself my relationship my my friends my family how can I make the world a better place instead of how can I look better and I'm not I mean, especially if that's your job, like and everything, all of them are to you. If it makes you feel better, for sure. Just for me, I feel better knowing when I'm serving a purpose, or yes, if I've changed someone's day or put a smile on their face or made them feel a little less alone. Like that's just kind of where my shift went to, and I think it really made me appreciate. Um, that I never did anything to myself, you know, I'm full of tattoos for sure. And I still, you know, will say a little bit have regrets because then I'm like, definitely was trying to cover up my body. Um, but you know, live and learn. And, uh, now that I know about stuff, I'm like, oh shit, what's in my body from all the tattoos? Ah." Um, but you know, (laughs) when you know better, you do better. And yeah, once you make that shift, um, and two, I just didn't want to spend money on it when just like a kind of quick story of me is like, when I got divorced, like I had all the things like my hair done, my nails done, my eyelashes done, all the things and i got divorced and i just was you know barely surviving and i just couldn't have those things and how i felt about myself when i didn't have those things was the worst feeling ever because i just held on to the idea that i needed those things to be beautiful and once i realized i couldn't have it i had to kind of go on this path and then i just kind of stopped like wearing makeup i stopped doing any of those things i'm just like hey you need to live with yourself at the yep. bottom level of who you are and start to be okay with it before you can put any sort of like makeup on or anything like that. And I sat with that for like a solid year. And now I put like mascara on and like once in a while, but now I'm just like, I have acne. It is what it is. I, mm-hmm. If someone doesn't like me because I don't have acne or if I have wrinkles, I'm really not sure I want that person in my life. Well, it, so, it says more about them, right? It yeah. Says, <laughs> some, says, yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm
1: Exactly. So, like, I couldn't say more.
0: I'm all for everyone doing stuff. I know plenty of friends, my, you know, like I know tons of people that have done all these procedures and I'm all the power, but what breaks me most, and you will relate to this hundred percent is when you start amplifying these experiences and you start connecting with people, you start seeing like how the other side just feels like they can't talk about it because it's not cool and it's not popular right. or people will be triggered. So then they yeah. lash out at them because of their own personal, like going through their own cognitive dissonance i being like okay maybe this is what's wrong you know maybe yes. I didn't know that and I've gone through that like especially in the last two years there's a lot of things I'm like whoa I never thought that was a thing and it's a thing oh shit here we go um <laughs> <totally>. <laughs> and so once you start like you said when like I said to you earlier I was like once you kind of jump out of the matrix of things and you see things at a different level you, you really start analyzing and like yourself as being a teacher and a researcher You're naturally just researching everything because you got to know I am naturally huge anxiety. So (laughs) I have to know everything (laughs) I can know before I get into something or I will feel uncomfortable the entire time.
1: Yes, and I think that's that also has fueled me because I naturally run that way as well. I like to feel very confident in any decision, so I look at everything on a deeper, deeper level, like I mentioned. And and there is probably a little bit of anxiety there, particularly with you know things I put into my body, you mm-hmm. know, cosmetics and whatever that I use. I want to make sure that it's safe, right? I want to yeah. I want to know that it's safe because I, I don't want something bad to happen. And so yeah. so I I do the exact same thing. I, I you and I are very similar in that way.
0: And it's like a shift too, right? Like I just didn't realize a lot a shift of the for things. Sure. And even with like applying products, like even at that, I'm not judging any products. Things that are great, but then when you start looking into, okay, but what are actually in these products? And if I'm putting it on, it must be absorbing in. And like, how much can my body actually handle? If I'm not handle. eating things properly, I'm not exposed in a good environment. I'm now putting stuff inside, whether you know even with like supplements and vitamins and minerals, you still have to be careful, right? Like you do, everything can be <laughs> everything. Um, if it's misused,
1: especially yes. can, can become, can become a possible danger. Yeah. And, and we have to start. And that's what I want people to see about Botox is that it's not like a manicure. This is not getting your nails painted. Yes.
0: This exactly. is
1: injecting, you know, a neurotoxic protein into your body and yeah. it's not just any neurotoxic. It is the world's most lethal neurotoxins so if you look at this on a chart of like you know chemicals from highest to lowest it is so far above all of the others that you really can't it's almost silly to
0: compare them of how toxic it is really and so like to go back to some of these questions when it comes to adverse reactions and effects how like we said you're like your sister particularly can feel it within the first couple of days and how long can some of these have you I mean noticed or researched that this can last is this like years possibly uh like your sister was at least a year right if not a little bit more
1: yeah so she was a little bit over a year she sort of felt like a switch in her her main um, adverse side effects kind of at a year where she started to feel them start to wane. There's a big waxing and waning that happens with this illness. And mm-hmm. it, that that's, that's hard for people because they'll be like, oh I think I'm getting better. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden something will trigger. Usually there is a trigger that we, we spend great hours and many time many, a lot of time trying to, to identify such triggers, um, but where they get, they have a relapse and they get every bit as sick again. yeah. And so, and that, and not everybody follows that path. Um, you know, some people are really, really sick right away and then they process through it, you know, in a matter of months, other people are sick for a year, you know, they fall into our 12 to 24 month range. Mm-hmm. And then there are some unfortunate few that are longer than 24 months and they're healing. And, and we do have people who have, permanent they feel are permanent um side effects um and that you know they've suffered from them over eight years wow.
0: so it, it obviously is so it depends on your everybody yeah but it's a potential to know right like it's great to know and you'd be hopeful that, but again knowing this could be something that could affect you for the rest of your life and i was actually blown away to find out that children have died from well, Yes, um, having in fact the, the
1: the majority of deaths are actually in children. And of course we are actively researching this and I have really strong opinions on why I think this is and it goes goes uh, back to the, the, the lethality of the toxin and how mm. medical Botox is, because obviously these children are not receiving it for cosmetic use, right? We're no. getting it for medical reasons, whether they have spasticity or, or, um, dystonia. Uh, we've had children who are cerebral palsy children who, um, parents have uh, thought it would be a good treatment option for excessive drooling, mm. um, et cetera. And yes. so they're receiving, uh, mega doses, very large doses, and it typically is based upon the child's weight. And so um, one thing that I should point out though, is that even though it's based, the prescription is based on their weight, it's still an estimation. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that a lot of people don't understand about Botox, and I, I'll try not to get too overly technical, but um, <laughs> but the thing is, is that it is uh, Botox lethality and Botox dosing is is a crucial concern, and to me, uh, because it's based on a calculated median, and so we don't actually know, or no one actually knows, the amount of botulinum toxin A that it would take to be lethal to a human. Okay, because um, we can't. Um, ethically, obviously, test this on humans. Um, And so the way that it is estimated, and this will bring up a whole nother issue is that it's uh, based on the LD50, uh, which is a toxicological term for the amount of toxin that it took, given all at once um, to mice or to other animal subjects. And so people um, to bring up the other issue is that there's also an undercurrent here of a huge animal rights issue. Um, that has been going on ever since approval of this product, where, you know, this is not just like, you know, put a little in their eye or something. This is a test to the death. This is an LD50 test where the subject, you know, gets all of the toxin at once, the lethal dose. And we are, the purpose of it is to cause death in that subject uh, 50% of the time in that subject group. And then those figures are then estimated for humans. And so, there are so many factors that play too. Like, you know, first of all, this is an estimated dose for a human and you know, all human bodies are different, right? We have different DNA makeup. And I mean, we can just go on and on about how different every person is. And so not only is it based on a estimation for a mouse, but now humans are so vastly different. And so that's just something that I don't think people really understand that, you know, when you receive 50 units, um, or I'm sorry, when you see receive 100 units all over your face, that's the amount of toxin that it took to kill 50 mice. <laughs>
0: oh my God, that's yeah, insane! I'm sad. And I didn't see. And then, oh, okay. sorry. And then I was just say, to, I did to see note, your post about it being not vegan. <laughs> I was vegan. Like, oh Not
1: that's so why I was just gonna post. Yeah, not vegan. Yeah. Um, every single batch, because of what it is, it is it is tested. It has to be animal tested, you know, prior to to going on the market. Wow. That that's our understanding. That's the practice that they began with. And that's our understanding of the practice that is still happening. Now, I always stand to be corrected. If there is a manufacturer that has found another way, um, anyone out there that knows, and, you know, let me know because I will certainly update that information. Uh, but that is our understanding as of, as
0: today. And I bet you a lot of women have no idea about that, especially those that are vegetarian or vegan. Um, because I mean, maybe they would, because you think cosmetics too have definitely taken a huge switch years to being more like um you know organically and morally sourced you know even when it comes down to i didn't even know that they use bugs for um like right. making some black makeup i never even had any idea of those types of things right because you just I don't know, know. It's you just crazy. it's approved so everything's okay and it's you know like i'm definitely like carnivore i meat eat but i all understand veganism and the vegetarian side because you know i am such a empathetic person so i can definitely feel that. So it's like, for me, I try to use products as best as I can that, you know, are better sourced. Um, yes. but until I realized that I had no idea and, you know, you always carry some, a little bit of guilt for being unaware, but it's not shared. And like I said, it's not sexy. And people don't talk about it. it doesn't sell, it doesn't make money. So right, it's not as cool or talked about. And so yeah, that's why I want to have these conversations is so people are aware that are maybe against those things that weren't told. I'm sure when you sign the piece of paper, they're not like, just so you know, this is not vegan, you know, like, Right. That it would matter because right. It does matter, but to them, it doesn't matter. Right. Obviously, because they're doing mm-hmm. these tests. And also, in the same yep. breath, it's like, it's kind of gross that it's just based on what happens with an animal. And like you said, we can't test it, but like, it's obviously proving to be not great all the time. So it's like, how much more do you guys need to revisit this mm-hmm. or try to find a different alternative? Um, which exactly. I guess is a question I kind of want to skip to. Um, do you know Go if ahead. there's any other alternative? You know, like say, even even though I'm not necessarily for doing anti aging stuff, sometimes you know that extra pamper is nice. Is there any kind of natural ways that that you know of that people can practice?
1: Well, sure. You know, there's there's a lot of ways, and I'll t- I'll just tell you the ways that I. I use perfect. Um, and there's there's many, but I'm obviously I'm a huge and this is new. This is new for me. I have not done this. I wish I had been using face yoga um, mm-hmm. for a lot longer than I have. But um, I'm a huge advocate for face yoga and actually exercising your face because our face, you know, has many muscle groups in our face and. They can be exercised and uh, it helps. It actually helps to diminish and reduce the, the, the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles when you do face yoga. I've been amazed, particularly um, at the definition that I've seen in my jawline um, from uh-huh. face yoga. Uh, so that obviously is super safe. Uh, I think that some of the age old things always ring true. And that's obviously healthy lifestyle, healthy eating, avoiding environmental contaminants and free radicals, limiting caffeine and smoking and alcohol, um, but using great safe skincare where you've looked at the ingredients and you are confident that they are safe for you and that they, and they are working for you. I think it's okay to utilize uh, re- retinoids as long as you, know, you make sure the ingredients are, are good and they're, they're, everything is sourced well. Um, or tritonin, which is, you know, retin-A, which is a synthetic uh, form of vitamin A. Now, with that being said, you do have to be careful with some of those ingredients. You can, they have to be respected and you have to, mm-hmm. um, you know, have a prescription from your doctor or your dermatologist and, and work with your doctor on a safe way to utilize that ingredient because, you know, like everything else, if it's misused, it can cause more dam- damage than, than good. Yeah. And so um, to, to be thinking about that, uh, but yeah, those are kind of the ways uh, that I have utilized. And I'm always actively learning and researching. Yeah, You probably caught my post recently on, you know, just sort of this issue with the newer peptide ingredient, um, the acetyl hexapeptide 8, which we have learned is actually works very similarly to botulinum toxin. And it's a substrate of botulinum toxin, which makes it potentially very dangerous. Oh. And so that's like, I've known about this ingredient for about a year or so, but it's relatively new to the cos- cosmetic industry. And so there's not as much information about it um, that I would like to see. And I couldn't believe, Brandy, how many of my products had that ingredient in it. And I was un- unknowingly using this, thinking that it was safe. And now um, I've completely changed my tune. And, and, you know, and that's like you said, when we learn. And we grow, we, we do better. And so I've chosen to, to discontinue use of that
0: ingredient because I, I feel there could be a risk there. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's I maybe mean for everyone too. And like sometimes I'll notice that, that I like do a shift. For example, like right now it's like, I don't know why and everyone's different, but I don't want anything in plastic containers anymore for my food. So I went and bought a whole bunch totally. of glass ones. And they're just things that, you know, eat or have been taught your whole life. Like it, it doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter. A body can handle it. And you're like, Fair, but you know, I was already fighting so much. So why don't I actively right. do things that maybe not do it? So for example, it's like telling everyone, like I never knew that deodorant and antiperspirant were necessarily a bad thing. If anything, you were just told to always wear it. And then a couple years ago, someone was like, uh you know, your body's supposed to sweat. Like I don't know if you know who Dr. Bradley Campbell is, but I follow him on Instagram and he's always just sharing. Yeah. He's just always sharing stuff. And that was one of the things where he was just like, your sweat is natural. And if it's really stinky, like you need to be addressing something inside your body, not just covering it up and like clogging your pores and making it go back inward kind of idea. And I was like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense when you say it like that. But my whole life is like, Oh, put deodorant on because you're sweating, you know? But then I'm like, Oh my God, what am I absorbing into my poor body? Right. Well, right. That's just the thing. And, you know, when I made the
1: switch to natural deodorant, mm-hmm. um, what was weird was that it was like ugh, it took several days actually for my body to to sweat and yes. to actually have a smell. And then finally I was like, "Oh, well, I actually do have a smell like you know, it's not great, but like, yeah. it's also not that bad, <laughs> but, but like, it's normal. But it took several days because yeah. I must have been so overloaded with uh, aluminum containing clogging whatever mm-hmm. you know that it took some time for my body to to remove that and then that was very
0: eye-opening to me right and you start doing that mm. you start doing it more and more and like yeah you know, like you said you, and there I'm not saying I am perfect I am far from it but it was oh, just and like me either <laughs> it's just like once you realize you're like okay this is an area I can improve for myself and then like I said it's just like with learning you kind of get addictive being like okay how and then again you have that switch of like always oh, say that I used to treat my body like a frat house and now it's a temple it's what's going to take me through the next years of life and it's not going to do as good as it it did because it's just naturally aging and so how can I set myself up more successful or furthermore when I see let's say people sick or with certain things I very much try to notice like what are they consuming what are they doing like what what can I do in my life you know so many people think that fitness is you know so vain sometimes and yeah 100% not gonna there's kind of of that happening yep (laughs) yeah (laughs) but but more often than not, that is one of the best things that you can do. And, and when it comes down to things, people are very easy to look for a bandaid instead of being like, okay, what is it that I'm missing? You know, for me, I'm like, okay, do I drink water ever? Maybe if I drink some water, right. maybe my wrinkles wouldn't be so pronounced. Or you exactly. know, like if I'm sleeping with my hands on my face, no wonder why I'm breaking out my acne on a- this. Am side I of washing my off my makeup every yes. single day? Right? Exactly. I
1: mean, that's that's a simple one. Like even just skipping a few days, that's not good. That's not good for our skin, particularly yep. if you wear you know sun sunscreen or, or a sunblock containing makeup. Like that yep. that should come off your skin. And you know, a lot of people you know don't have removed even sunscreen. Um, from their products because of the possible (laughs) chemical. Yeah, you know, and there's other, you know, physical blocks that are are much safer out there for sun protection. The, rather than chemical ones. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's all, it's all of those things, which by the way, I forgot to mention an alternative method. Everybody look it up. We don't have to talk
0: about it, but amazing is face, face taping. Don't forget the power of face. taping. Yes. That's I've face. seen so that good. too. So, so yeah, so let's good. go back to that for a second. So funny thing that you, you talked about the face mm-hmm. yoga, cause I just, so I haven't done the face part yet, but I did find this girl online that. Uh, I think her name's Marina and she is, I believe she's in another, in a European country. Um, She has a very different accent when she talks, but she's so cute. But anyway, she has something called the face marathon. And I think it's like maybe $10 for like, you have a year's access obviously share the stuff. And she shows you a bunch of different, it's so bad because I was like, I have to nail down the posture stuff before I'll touch the face stuff. So I've nailed down the posture. So during Christmas break, I'm going to, she does a lot of like the face vacuums and stuff like that as well with oil which I thought was really cool but she starts off with your posture um, because she's just kind of like like your lymphatic system can't drain if your whole body's not proper and right. it's so funny that I started this to start working on my face naturally and get rid of my double chin um, a little mm-hmm. bit more like it's not huge but it's there and that's how I stumbled across her and so now I've been doing all these like posture things and it has changed like how I sit how I'm aware like even when I train and even the chiropractor was like oh like you know you're like you're doing really good what you know what's changing I was like well I've been doing you know that it's not for the purpose of my body it was for to help my face but it's like literally aligning me completely and um, I'm really excited to take the next step because I found I've been watching her testimonials and so many people are like the bags under their eyes are gone they're just from like one or two weeks of doing this face yoga and the posture work and and it, 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 yes, it's going to take like half an hour, 45 minutes out of your day. But it's, a I mean, it's a commitment. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. And what's yep. your priorities, right? <clears throat> what do you want to prioritize? Right. Exactly. That's what I'm prioritizing. Cause it, maybe it doesn't make me feel great, but it's also like, oh, you're taking care of things and you're doing things and. I won't be anxious being like, am I going to have a reaction in a couple of days? You know, that's just my anxiety too. Um, So we talked about yes. things that are safe. Are there any, from your experience, are there really any positives to getting Botox? Like have you ever seen anybody besides feeling good about themselves have any really happy results from it?
1: Um, So when I saw you with this question, I was like, that is a very hard question for me to answer because I mean, obviously I feel strongly that. The risks outweighs the benefits, yes. especially um, for people uh, who are using the product over a long period of time. And mm-hmm. so one thing I, I did want to point out is that oftentimes not everybody is becoming ill from uh, Botox injections uh, right away, right. that sometimes they have a more delayed response where um, something in their life changes or their lifestyle changes, or we had one gal who actually was in a car accident who hit her head on the side where she received injections and that caused her reaction. Um, I I know, isn't that crazy, but are there any positives? Um, I... (laughs) I can't say that I feel that there's any positive to cosmetic use. Um, however, I will say that I believe that there are certain medical conditions uh, where the patient has exhausted all other avenues, okay, of treatment. Mm-hmm. And so um, using botulinum toxin may present itself as a viable option to give them a better quality of life. And so um, it's important that people out there know that I understand that there are certainly um people out there who have certain conditions where they need to use botulinum toxin. We have several of those actually um, in our group and we understand that. And in those cases, we think it's important for people to be aware of what could happen to watch for warning signs that their body is no longer tolerating it or not tolerating it, um, ways that they can counteract or mitigate um, safely, you know, toxin damage, those kinds Mm of things. Um, So yes, there I, there are some positives to it in that it can help people with very debilitating medical conditions, um, assume a better, better quality of life.
0: Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. And that's where I think too, is like, like you <clears throat> said, if it's the, it's risk versus reward, if you're having migraines right. every single day for, you know, however long and you've tried everything else, and this is your last method a hundred percent, because you know, you're not living your best life to begin. You can't with, live, right? yeah. you can't live you anyway, can't live. so 100%. Yep. But, you know, and again, still, if it's something that's just going to boost your confidence, again, 100%, but knowing the risks. And like right. we talked about, it's not being talked about as much or to the degree that it should be. So for those that have had an injury mm-hmm. um, or think that they might, do, what do you recommend for sure. them? Where, where should they start? Yeah, so the first place that they should
1: start is they need to report it. They need mm-hmm. to first report Every um, keep a journal, keep a log of what's happening, first of all, because um, for those who are very, very ill right away, um, or become you know, all of a sudden become very ill, it can be hard to sometimes um, remember everything that's happening. So, write it down, um, Smart. pen and paper, old fashioned, yeah, <laughs> but we'll do that, or uh, take notes in your phone, you could take notes yep. in your phone, right? Yeah, always my too, um, if you don't want to type. Exactly. Report it to your, um, your office or your injector, who your medical provider. You need to report it to them. And you also need to ask them, um, are they going to make a report for you to mm-hmm. the FDA or to your regulatory body, whether that be the MHRA, if you're in the UK, like wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, tell them that you also plan to report it and it's okay if two reports come in because they, they are used to this. They know what to do when a physician's office, um, uh, attending provider makes report they are making the report from them and those are sorted from the self reports so the next thing you do is that you need to report it yourself and ours isn't an, um, where I live it's a very easy online reporting system and so you just hop on there and you fill out what happened um, you need to make sure that you're getting your batch and your lot number mm-hmm. uh, because that's information that's going to be asked of you you know when you file that report and th- the reason why this is so important is because uh, when regulatory bodies receive reports that contain the same batch numbers and lot numbers, they um, sometimes will pull that batch, or they yes. will go back recall and they it. will test recall. that. Batch. They will recall it exactly. So that's really important for others that mm-hmm. you may be helping somebody else. Um, but just also, of course, we need to help those regulatory bodies have accurate numbers, because right now, um, the sad thing is that only a very small percentage of people actually report their adverse events to a drug or medical product um, to their regulatory body. And so that makes it really hard for consumers to gauge that risk versus benefit. And we need to improve that. So it's kind of a personal responsibility in a way. Um, But obviously, you have there's no limit as to when you make that report. So if you're too sick to make it, make it when you're better. Like, we're not saying like, you know, don't seven get well served. Like, right. Yeah. You could, there's some, you have some time, of course you, you don't want to put it off because then you may not ever do it, mm-hmm. but just to know that, you know, your, your healing always comes first. Um, and then also I highly recommend that you join a support group such as the one there's another, there's, several where ours is not the only support group for a Botox injury. I will say that it's the oldest. Um, it, I believe provides the most amount of, edu- of education and information surrounding, um, you know, IPB, IBP. And we, in May of this last year, we launched an entire education center. And so when you join our group, um, you're immediately categorized into, are you a sufferer? Are you someone that's actually seeking information, you're considering using the product, or are you a medical professional? And then Mm -hmm. once you are in the group, you get tagged in our education center so that you can go then and read um, all of the information that we've put together. Um, That's very helpful. And so in addition to that, um, just knowing and understanding what may be happening to you, uh, we give very specific information that you can um, give to your doctor. So it kind of, again, bridges that gap, right? It provides the doctor with a better understanding um, because we are hearing, just so everyone knows, we get um, doctors that are coming into our group all the time and personally messaging our team, wanting more information because they also, it's not just us that feel this way, the consumers, but the doctors also feel like they aren't receiving enough information from the manufacturers about what could happen. And so the whole...
0: Exactly. Not injecting so, it,
1: right, <laughs> right. Well, the some whole, of them. are. But... the whole point of it is just to help you work better with your doctor, yeah. And that's really that's really our goal. And then and then more than that, it's it's the mental health aspect of it mm-hmm. to know and feel that there are other people in your camp. You are not the only one in this boat. And to build sort of that protective system around you of others who can empathize with you and know what you're going through and how you're feeling, because oftentimes family members don't understand this. It's the first time they've ever heard of something like this, yeah. you know, and it isn't readily yes. talked about. And mm-hmm. so just have, being connected with others who understand you make your healing so much better. Yeah,
0: totally. And, mm-hmm. and you probably... By doing that as well, you could be sharing something that might help them back. Like it's a really exactly um, revolving circle where it's just like, you know, when you share some vulnerabilities, someone will be like, oh my goodness. And it empowers them to be that way. And you don't even notice. And this is what we've noticed on the show. It's like a ripple effect. And especially when we have guests on the show, because we, you know, we do bring on like some professionals and just, you know, our everyday people just that going through stuff and, you know, then they promote it. Hey, I was on the show talking about anxiety, depression, infertility. And then they start sparking conversations with the people that they've shared it with because they were vulnerable. And then they start to heal themselves while helping other people heal. And it's such an amazing, it makes you feel like, okay, this is what human experience and connection is for.
1: And we need that right now more than ever more after than ever. going through a pandemic of two years of yeah. really lacking that, you know, that one-on-one communication. And we do, Hey, oh, we... Yeah, exactly. We, we've lacked that terribly.
0: And so it makes it more important than ever. I couldn't agree more. Right. That's where like, okay, you know what we, and you know, it's so funny when we started the show, we we're just like, okay, hey, let's just see if we can carry on, you know, conversation that we, you know, and get really into it. And then we would just be on the phone for like two hours. And I come downstairs and my boyfriend like, yeah, I think you guys could do a podcast. You guys got a lot to say. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's just nice because <laughs> everyone goes through different stuff. And I don't, I'm not embarrassed of anything that I've gone through. And I'm not really embarrassed of my opinions or what I think now is different than it might be tomorrow, because That's all of life. We learn as we go through it. If you don't go through just stumbling and trying, and if people are going to hold that against you, well, that's not my people. I want people that are going to be like, oh, there's Brandy stumbling through it, but look at her go. I'm so proud. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And and to admit like, hey, I'm wrong. This is what I looked into. Like and you said at the beginning of the disclaimer, we're like, we're not anything. We're not professionals. We're not this. We're just, you know, average people that just want to get the conversation started because either professionals are too busy or you can't expect all professionals to know everything. You know, you go to school like- this is like when people will be like, oh, dentists aren't doctors. Um, Yeah, they are. They go to the same core years and then they branch off into dentistry like doctors branch off into like medical, right? I mean, I'm not exactly. an educator, but right. And then same with like teachers, you guys probably take the core shit and then, sorry, and then you branch off into what your specialty is going to be or however that is. But it, it's wild. <laughs> it doesn't, you can't expect all of them to know all of it. That's why it's good to have a team. Like this year I have like a chiropractor. I like, you know, obviously a dentist, a massage therapist. I'm going to go into acupuncture. I'm going to find a naturopath, a life coach. Like, it is great to have a plethora of people on your team that have all different knowledges that can give you different perspectives, even at the same topic, because you're just yep. more educated. And then if something happens, you're like, oh my God, I remember that. I need to talk about this. This might be yep. what I have. And maybe that saves the one person from continuing it or, you know, having something bad happen to them. And that's all that I want. And me as well. You so eloquently
1: yes. <laughs> described exactly how I feel. I love it.
0: <laughs> uh, that's what was like, I just, this woman, I have to be, I have to be in about it. So one more thing before we go, I forgot sure. to kind of okay. ask this. Um, now I've always see this, now I'm learning and all this and you're saying there's lots of people, is this really rare or like how many people have you seen be affected by this? Like, is it 1% of the population ish of this, you know, let's say the Western world or is this like a lot? It's it's, an, it's an, a very, very
1: valid and incredible question, and I can answer it um, as best I can. So yes, I can tell knowledge. you how I've gathered what, what I believe. First of mm-hmm. all, I believe based on reporting um, systems okay, from different countries that it is obviously underreported. So I'm just gonna talk a little bit about the FDA quick um, where yeah. I live. And so yeah. currently there's over 55,000 adverse events reported, 8,000 of those are considered to be serious, and then we're just over 800 deaths. Now, um, with the expectation, obviously, that only one on the very low end to 10% of people actually report, we can do simple math, and I won't do that here. I'll let everybody do that on their own, simple (laughs) math, um, to figure out what the numbers actually could be. And then when you compare that to all of the other regulatory bodies, it kind of gives us a worldwide picture of how much this is really happening. Um, Secondly, there was a new study that came out uh, called Complications of Facial Cosmetic Botulinum Toxin A Injection. This is analysis by the UK Medicines Healthcare Products Agency um, that says in their study uh, that they feel strongly that the adverse events are much higher than what is printed in the black box warning label, uh, that it's actually 16% of people, one in six, um, suffer adversely to botulinum toxin injections.
0: And, and like so said, that's
1: remarkable because it's a new study. At, um, we haven't seen numbers like that until now.
0: Wow. And like you said, too, when 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 there is, you know, <clears throat> stigma for it or, you know, having all that, people are afraid to talk about it. And so, like you said, like it's, obviously going to be underreported or people don't even know, like maybe someone has anxiety from this this yeah. whole time and they've had no idea. And they're just going to, that, and that's maybe what it's going to go away. Yep. Exactly. And so that why, they would never report it. So it's just wild to me that, I mean, how can you control that? But I just feel like there needs to be a definitely more regulation. And <clears throat> even if the, the places that are injecting it to have a little bit more responsibility of follow up with the customers, because exactly the patients, because then that is coming from an unbiased source. Um, in a sense where it's like, okay, my doctor's asking me, not like, oh, I'm putting this on social media or I'm putting my name on a legal platform or whatever, right? It's to the doctor that did it for me. It's like the safest place that you should be able to talk about it. And then then it should be able to be data driven out of that. And that's why I rely so heavily on human experience and love Facebook groups and pages, because I don't necessarily need I needed a professional to tell me I have anxiety, (laughs) um, maybe to get a medication (laughs) for sure. Um but a lot of this stuff I've learned and grown for myself. I've learned from people around me and the mentors that I have or the people that are willingly to speak about this stuff or, and medical professionals that are speaking out about stuff, you know, you, you just kind of have to listen to all of it and then see what resonates with you. And, and I'm so grateful to have a tiny little platform and, and the, gift of gab <laughs> to, be yeah, able to totally. talk about all this stuff with all these people. And I was talking to uh, one of the gals that I know for sure is in your community I actually reached out to her and was like, Hey, I'm going to have Gretch on the show. I followed you kind of, you know, six months ago, watching you go through this. Like, I'd love to have you too. And she's like, Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. I'm not quite ready. But when I am, I'll come to you. And it was just like, Excellent. this is so cool. Because then now it's like another connection to someone and another cheerleader in your community, someone that you feel safe. And and I just, you know, it's scary, but I want everyone to know, like you're accepted no matter what we're here for everyone as long, you know, we're, I just want to see people happy. And, no matter how that is, how it looks on you, that's great, but w- there's nothing worse, and I know you commend to this, is, is hearing your friends in your community suffer because someone didn't tell you the truth about something, or it was held back, or you didn't know, because who has time? Who's time to research all this stuff? You put trust in people for a reason, and exactly then it, it skews your trust for the rest of your life with that type of profession, and that yeah. really affects other things, um, because you know, there is so many professionals that are great. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh. like with me with birth control, I was always told it was amazing. And it nearly killed me several times. And now I, oh. who knows to say my infertility could be from that, but there's lots of studies that direct, you know, massive. there yeah. are, but that was never told. And you even asked those questions yeah. as a teenager, is this going to prevent me from having a kid as a child? No, 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 no. Like, I had no idea that you don't actually have a period yeah. when you're on your birth control, like just things like that, that I learned as an adult. I'm like, uh, what? Right. And then I started being like, okay, well, what else is not being told honestly to me? And then, you know, I don't mean to be that way, but then now I'm questioning everything and I struggle with, okay, well, who's telling me the truth now? You know? Exactly. Then- exactly. <sighs> oh, I so know. Silly. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I love this. This has been one of the best talks ever. so Thank you so much. Is there anything oh, that we welcome. could add? Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Is there anything just more? Gonna- I,
1: there, just one little last thing I just wanted yeah. to, to invite people to please, whether what it doesn't matter what camp you're in, yeah. even if you just want to learn that you are welcome to join our support group. And I feel, um, you know, in addition to p- following the never talks on Instagram, um, the support group is really where I, I like to drive people to, because like you said, I'm actually seeing and reading those uh, first ca- account um, experiences from people um are, it means the most. And our group is growing so fast. You talked about instance rate. And I want you to know that when I joined the group, it was 1200 people. And we are over uh approaching seventeen thousand now and growing at a rate that is just it's unbelievable how quickly we're growing. And the majority of them are are people who are suffering. So uh just to throw that out there, it's called Botox support yes. Side Effects. It's on Facebook. You are welcome to become a member. Um and we we usually can get people approved within 24 hours. So you don't have to wait long.
0: <laughs> yes, I have to jump I was so funny when you told me that I was kind of I so I have been for the last two, two, three weeks on a Facebook break. Um about to go back on I just was like getting a little bit too wasted time scrolling and I was like I need to put up some boundaries by removing this for a minute but I'm really excited to (laughs) just to learn more and to direct people there so you'll be seeing uh, my name too and and honestly the last two girls too that were on about breast implant illness they found out the same way about that is because they fell into a group um her name's Nicole and it was the same thing you know there was a couple thousand when they first started and now the group is over 50,000 women and people that are feeling better and better every day because now they're learning stuff and And know that these journeys are hard for everyone, because you think in your mind you have a problem, and then you fix that problem, and then you end up with another problem. And that is not fair and a hard feeling and a hard thing to go through. I think we've all probably felt that at different areas in our lives, you know, relationships, family, friends, anything really. Um, And... I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm just saying like, it's better to have people around and talk like community and having those cheerleaders when you're going through it. I think yes. it changes everything. I was definitely one of to be like, I'm a heel on my own. I'm so strong. Um, it's not strength. <laughs> it's <laughs> stubbornness and ego in the way. And once you remove that and you just totally vulnerable to be like, this is me, this is my experience here. I am, whether I'm helping somebody or someone help me, this is it. Most rewarding thing you'll ever go through in your entire life. So I just empower people come talk to me, come talk to Gretchen, Kayla, anybody in the groups. We're always here to have these conversations. If you guys know more about this that we don't know that wasn't mentioned today, bring it forward always. Like I love having always. these open conversations because that's how we learn. And I'm not going to be afraid to admit like in a month down the road, if some data comes out that's saying this is the most effective thing in the world, I will eat all of my words. Um, I'm the
1: same. <laughs>
0: yeah, but <laughs> I'm sure I'll be good with this one, but at least it's having getting the conversation started. We yes. learn so much by just opening the door to conversation and possibility and opening up to that, the reality that you think or something might not be as great as it is, or there might be, you know, not everyone has as pure intentions as some people in the world. And as a soft hearted, empathetic person, I had to learn that the hard way. Like, oh, oh, this person, oh, they're just using me. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, you're back. shit right <laughs> now I know right um but yes right. anyway thank you so so much for coming you're on the show I appreciate it thank so much you. hopefully we'll get you back on the show for more because I absolutely love this type of education where it's like you're giving us the the scientific kind of background to it but also putting it in layman terms for you know little Canadians like me little stoner like me that's like okay what was that word you just said but <laughs> I love it so much okay. Gresh. thank you so much for coming you're on welcome. the show okay. and you're uh welcome. yeah we'll see you
1: next time okay sounds good
0: Alright babes, that wraps it up for our Botox illness episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the part two of our informed consent series. Our next actual informed consent episode is going to be about vaccine injury. Um, So that'll be episode 51. Uh, Like I said, we're going to jump and do some holidays. In between the holidays, we're going to be talking uh, with a guest about his journey through his injury, um, and part three of our Informed Consent series. Thank you guys so, so much. I hope everyone took as much away from this episode as I did. Again, thank you, Gretch, so much from Never Talks. Uh, We'll make sure to share her on our page. As always, guys, make sure you're following us on social media. Uh, Make sure on your podcast you turn notifications on on Spotify or Apple to make sure you're getting informed with episode drops. We have one month left before we take a break into season three. Thank you guys again so, so much. Until next time, guys. Bye. thank you guys so much for stopping by today we appreciate you so so much if you like this episode and you want to hear more or be updated with episode drops please make sure to send us some love on our instagram page the be real babe podcast give us a follow and stay tuned for more realness coming to you next week until next time babes